Praised be delusion, the ripple. Praised be the holy ocean of eternity. Praised be I, writing, dead already and dead again. Hello and welcome to The Pojo Show, a collection of poetry, fiction, drama, and spoken word. I'm Jedediah Smith, and I'm with my co-host and co-producer, Batty Royale. The Pojo Show is our podcast, which grew out of my old broadcast, FM radio show on poetry. What I did then, and we do now, is spin discs of recorded poetry, just like a DJ would play songs. Each week we'll focus the poem selections around a motif, mix the poetry, spoken word, drama, and other forms of spoken literature with music and sounds, and present it to you as an integrated whole. This week we'll be presenting poems that deal with the darkest part of our series on the coronavirus, death. Of course, death has always been an important subject for poetry, and many poetic forms have grown out of issues surrounding death. The elegy, the lament, the dirge, the threnody, and those are just some forms in English language poetry. And some of them will be represented in the poems we play in this show, such as the mock epitaphs by Edgar Lee Masters, the elegies by Kenneth Rexroth and W.H. Auden, and a blues by Allen Ginsberg. Behind us right now, we're playing an instrumental blues by John Fahey called The Death of Clayton Peacock. We'll also be playing poems by Langston Hughes, Mary Oliver, Garcia Lorca, Philip Larkin, Emily Dickinson, and more. We're going to start with a song, an Appalachian dirge, which has become well-known in recent years thanks to its appearance in the film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's called Oh Death, and it's sung by the iconic Ralph Stanley, who got a Grammy for it in 2002. A side note on this, two years later, an article appeared in the Journal of Folklore Research arguing that this was not really a traditional anonymous song that grew out of the folk process, but like similar songs, such as Long Black Veil and Babe I'm Gonna Leave You, was actually composed in the 20th century, in this case by Lloyd Chandler, a Baptist preacher from Madison County, North Carolina. However it came down to us, it's a beautiful and haunting song, and nobody does it better than Ralph Stanley. Won't you spare me over till another year? Well, what is this that I can't see with ice cold hands taking hold of me? Well, I am death, none can excel. I'll open the door to heaven or hell. Oh, death, someone would pray. Could you wait to call me another day? The children prayed, the preacher preached, time and mercy is out of your reach. I'll fix your feet till you can't walk, I'll lock your jaw till you can't talk. I'll close your eyes so you can't see this very hour, come and go with me. 
Death I come to take the soul, leave the body and leave it cold. To drop the flesh off of the frame, the earth and worm both have a claim. Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over till another year? My mother came to my bed, placed a cold towel upon my head. My head is warm, my feet are cold, Death is a-moving upon my soul. Oh, death, how you're treating me. You're closed my eyes so I can't see. Well, you're hurting my body. You make me cold. You run my life right out of my soul. Oh, death, please consider my age. Please don't take me at this stage. My wealth is all at your command. If you will move your icy hands. Oh, the young, the rich are poor. All like me, you know. No wealth, no land, no silver, no gold. Nothing satisfies me but your soul. Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over till another year? Won't you spare me over till another year? Won't you spare me over till another year? The Hill from Spoon River Anthology. Where are Elmer, Herman, Bert, Tom, and Charlie, the weak of will, the strong of arm, the clown, the boozer, the fighter? All, all are sleeping on the hill. One passed in the fever, one was burned in the mine, one was killed in the brawl, one died in jail, one fell from a bridge toiling for children and wife. All, all are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where Ella, Kate, Mag, Lizzie, and Edith, the tender heart, the simple soul, the loud, the proud, the happy one, all, all are sleeping on the hill. One died in shameful childbirth, one of a thwarted love, one at the hands of a brute in a brothel, one of a broken pride in the search for heart's desire, one afterlife in faraway London and Paris was brought to her little space by Ella and Kate and Mag. All, all are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where are Uncle Isaac and Aunt Emily and old Tony Kincaid and Savigny Houghton and Major Walker who had talked with venerable men of the revolution? All, all are sleeping on the hill. They brought them dead sons from the war and the daughters whom life had crushed and their children fatherless crying. All, all are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. For his old fiddler Jones, who played with life all his ninety years, braving the sleep with bared breast, drinking, rioting, thinking neither of wife nor kin, nor gold, nor love, nor heaven. Lo, he babbles of the fish fries of long ago, 
of the horse races of long ago at Clary's Grove, of what Abe Lincoln said one time at Springfield. Fiddler Jones. The earth keeps some vibrations going there in your heart, and that is you. And if people find you can fiddle, why fiddle you must for all your life. What do you see? A harvest of clover or a medicine walk through to the river? The winds and the corn, you rub your hands for bees hereafter ready for market. Or else you hear the rustle of skirts, like the girls when dancing at Little Grove. To Cooney Potter, a pillar of dust or whirling leaves meant ruinous drought. They look to me like redhead Sammy stepping it off to her lure. How could I till my forty acres? Not to speak of getting more with a medley of horns, bassoons, and piccolos. Stirred in my brain by crows and robins and the creak of a windmill, only these. And I never started to plow in my life that someone did not stop in the road and take me away to a dance or picnic. I ended up with 40 acres. I ended up with a broken fiddle and a broken lap and a thousand memories and not a single regret. first one is called The Appalachian Book of the Dead 4. The song that's mentioned in here is an old traditional country music song called Let's All Go Down to the River. And I first heard it back in the 50s, recorded by a man named Mac Wiseman. I don't know how far back it goes. High-fiving in Charlottesville. Sunset heaped up as close to us as a barrel fire. Let's all go down to the river. There's a man there that's walking on the water, on the slow red Rivanna. He can make the lame walk, he can make the dumb talk, and open up the eyes of the blind. That dry shod over the water walk. Harbor him in your mind's eye. Snub him snug to your hearts. They'll have to sing louder than that. They'll have to dig deeper into the ear bone for this one to get across. They'll have to whisper a lot about the radiant body. Murmur of river run, murmur of women's voices. Raised up without rhyme, the murmur of women's voices. Good luck was all we could think to say. Dogwood electrified and lit from within by April afternoon, late light. This is the lesson for today. Narrative, narrative, narrative. Tomorrow the sun comes back. Tomorrow the tailings and slush piles will turn to gold when everyone's down at the river. The muscadines will bring forth the mountain laurel and jack in heaven while everyone's down at the river.
went down to the river I sat down on the bank I tried to think but couldn't So I jumped in and sank I came up once and hollered I came up twice and cried If that water hadn't been so cold I might have sunk and died But it was cold in that water It was cold I took the elevator 16 floors above the ground I thought about my baby and thought I would jump down I stood there and I hollered I stood there and I cried If it hadn't been so high up there I might have jumped and died But it was high It was high Well, since I'm still here living I guess I will live on I could have died for love, but for living I was born. So you may hear me holler, and you may see me cry. But I'll be dog, sweet baby, if you're gonna see me die. Life is fine, fine as wine. Life is fine. That was Langston Hughes reading his poem, Life is Fine, along with the Leonard Feather Band from the album Hughes put out called The Weary Blues. Before that, we played Charles Wright in a live recording of his poem, Appalachian Book of the Dead 4. Wright served as Poet Laureate in 2014 through 15, and he's known as the guy who took on the task of writing a trilogy of trilogies, that is, nine interconnected books of poems, charting a spiritual journey of Dantean proportions, but grounded in American concerns and his native southern landscape. Which is all more than enough for any writer's career, but he published many books before that, and has done about ten more since completing the project with his book Appalachia in 1998. His writing can be a little cryptic, a little elusive, but I really find it rewards deep reading. Before Wright, we played two poems written and read by Edgar Lee Masters from his book, Spoon River Anthology, The Hill, which acts as a prologue for the poem sequence, and Fiddler Jones, one of the epitaphs. The book is composed entirely of fictional epitaphs which illustrate life in a rural Midwest town. These recordings of Masters were made in 1934 by a couple of Barnard professors, and they were originally etched on aluminum platters. These were later dubbed onto reel-to-reel tapes by the Library of Congress in 1978. Although the fidelity is not the best, there's no comparison for that early 20th century Midwestern intonation of Masters reading his own work. We'll start this next set with a couple pieces by Kenneth Rexroth. The first is an elegy written for his wife, Andrea, who died of epilepsy. The next is a translation by Rexroth of a nearly identical kind of poem written in the third century 
which was included in his book, Love and the Turning Year, 100 More Poems from the Chinese. Andrea Rex Roth died October 1940. Now once more gray mottled buckeye branches explode their emerald stars, and alders smolder in a rosy smoke of innumerable buds. I know that spring again is splendid as ever, the hidden thrush as sweetly tongued, the sun as vital. But these are the forest trails we walk together, these paths ten years together. We thought the years would last forever. They are all gone now. The days we thought would not come for us are here. Bright trout poised in the current, the raccoons track at the water's edge, a bittern booming in the distance, your ashes scattered on this mountain, moving seaward on this stream. Mourning for His Dead Wife by Pan Yue, Jin Dynasty, 3rd Century, Translation by Kenneth Rexroth. Winter and spring have come and gone. Once more, autumn overtakes summer. She has returned to the hidden springs, and all the world separates us forever. Who will listen to my secrets now? Who will I live for now? I try to do my job at court and reluctantly go through the motions of duty and take up the tasks I had dropped. When I come home, I can think only of her. When I come in our room, I expect to see her. I catch her shadow on the screens and curtains. Her letters are the most precious examples of calligraphy. Her perfume still haunts the bedroom. Her clothes still hang there in the closet. She is always alive in my dreams. I wake with a start, she vanishes, and I am overwhelmed with sorrow. Two birds made a nest, and then there was only one. A pair of fishes were separated and lost in the current. The autumn wind blows. The morning is misty with dripping eaves. All through the troubled night, I was not able to forget in sleep. I hope the time will come when I am calm enough to beat on a pot like Chuang Tzu did in mourning for his dead wife. When Death Comes by Mary Oliver when death comes like the hungry bear in autumn, when death comes and takes all the bright coins from his purse to buy me and snaps the purse shut, when death comes like the measle pox, when death comes like an iceberg between the shoulder blades, I want to step through the door full of curiosity, wondering, what is it going to be like, that cottage of darkness? 
and therefore I look upon everything as a brotherhood and a sisterhood, and I look upon time as no more than an idea, and I consider eternity as another possibility, and I think of each life as a flower, as common as a field daisy, and as singular, and each name a comfortable music in the mouth, tending as all music does towards silence, and each body a lion of courage, and something precious to the earth. When it's over, I want to say all my life I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. I want to sleep the dream of the apples, to withdraw from the tumult of cemeteries. I want to sleep the dream of that child who wanted to cut his heart on the high seas. I don't want to hear again that the dead do not lose their blood, that the putrid mouth goes on asking for water. I don't want to learn of the tortures of the grass, nor of the moon with a serpent's mouth that labors before dawn. I want to sleep a while, a while, a minute, a century, but all must know that I have not died, that there is a stable of gold in my lips, that I am the small friend of the west wind, that I am the immense shadow of my tears. Cover me at dawn with a veil, because dawn will throw fistfuls of ants at me, and wet with hard water my shoes, so that the pincers of the scorpion slide. For I want to sleep the dream of the apples, to learn a lament that will cleanse me of the earth. For I want to live with that dark child who wanted to cut his heart on the high seas. And that was a reading by Joan Baez of Garcia Lorca's Gacela of the Dark Death, another poem from Lorca's last book, composed of Arabic forms, casitas, and gacelas, which we played in our last show as well. Before that, Batty read Mary Oliver's poem, When Death Comes. In 2007, the New York Times described her as, quote, far and away this country's best-selling poet, close quote. And that's probably still true now, just a year after her death. We began with two poems connected to Kenneth Rexroth, California's eternal poet laureate, Andrea Rexroth, an elegy for his wife, and his translation of In Mourning for His Dead Wife by Pan Yue, both read by Jedediah. We'll start this next set with a poem by the English poet and novelist Philip Larkin called The Mower. The Mower by Philip Larkin. The mower stalled twice. Kneeling, I found a hedgehog jammed up against the blades, killed. It had been in the long grass. I had seen it before and even fed it once. Now I had mauled its unobtrusive world unmendably. Burial was no help. 
Next morning, I got up, and it did not. The first day after a death, the new absence is always the same. We should be careful of each other. We should be kind while there is still time. Good Bones by Maggie Smith. Good Bones. Life is short, though I keep this from my children. Life is short, and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious, ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep from my children. The world is at least 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible. And for every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor, walking you through a real shithole, chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful, 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 beautiful. could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. We slowly drove, he knew no haste, and I had put away my labor and my leisure too for his civility. We passed the school where children played at wrestling in a ring. We passed the fields of gazing grain. We passed the setting sun. We paused before a house that seemed a swelling of the ground. The roof was scarcely visible, the cornice but a mound. Since then, tis centuries, and yet feels shorter than the day. I first surmised the horses' heads were toward eternity. Hey, Father Death, I'm flying home. Hey, poor man, you're all alone. Hey, old daddy, I know where I'm going. Father Death, don't cry anymore. Mama's there underneath the floor. Brother Death, please mind the store. Old Auntie Death, 
I hear your groans, old Uncle Death. I see your bones, oh Sister Death. How sweet your moans, oh children deaths. Go breathe your breaths, sobbing breaths will ease your deaths. Pain is gone, tears take the rest. Genius death, your art is done. Lover death, your body's gone. Father death, I'm coming home. Guru death, your words are true. Teacher death, I do thank you for inspiring me to sing this blues. Buddha death, I wake with you. Dharma death, your mind is new. Sangha death, we'll work it through. Suffering is what was born. Ignorance made me forlorn. Tearful truths I cannot scorn. Fathered breath, once more farewell. Birth you gave was no thing ill. My heart is still, as time will tell. And that was Allen Ginsberg singing Father Death Blues. And he's accompanying himself on a little Indian hand-pumped harmonium, which he often uses to compose his songs, including this one. He says that he was on a plane heading home after hearing of his father's passing, and he had the harmonium on his lap, and he, quote, wrote it word for word, note for note. And I can't help but wonder what the other passengers thought of this. Before that, we played Emily Dickinson's Because I Could Not Stop for Death, recited by Julie Harris, who really became an important reader of Dickinson's poetry after making such a big splash with the one-woman play, The Bell of Amherst. First, she won a Tony for her performance on stage. Then, she won a Grammy for Best Spoken Word Record. The play was on PBS and it toured nationally. So often when I read Dickinson, it's Harris's voice I hear. Hey, do you know who directed the one-woman show with Julie Harris? You'll never guess. Uh, Rex Reed. That's kind of close. Charles Nelson Reilly. That's amazing. Yeah, he's not just he's not just a guy on Match Game who wore uh, you know brilliant clothing, all the scarves and the, uh, the cravats and so on. He's also Templeton the Rat. Play, rat, death, coronavirus. Oh, yeah, that's motif semantics. Before Dickinson, Batty read Good Bones by Maggie Smith, a current young poet. And we started with Philip Larkin's poem, The Mower, which was first published in 1979, then later included in his collected poems. And now we'll move on to our final set with another British poet, but one of a much older vintage, John Keats, with his poem, When I Have Fears That I May Cease to Be, which is an English sonnet, which he wrote in 1818, three years before his death. 
but which was not published until 1848. We'll pair that with a chorale by Beethoven, the Agnus Dei from the Missa Solemnis. When I Have Fears That I May Cease To Be by John Keats When I have fears that I may cease to be before my pen has gleaned my teeming brain before high-piled books in character hold like rich garners the full ripened grain when I behold upon the night-starred face huge cloudy symbols of a high romance and think that I may never live to trace their shadows with the magic hand of chance. And when I feel, fair creature of an hour, that I shall never look upon thee more, never have relish in the fairy power of unreflecting love, then on the shore of the wide world I stand alone and think till love and fame to nothingness to sink. He disappeared in the dead of winter. The brooks were frozen, the airports almost deserted, and snow disfigured the public statues. The mercury sank in the mouth of the dying day. Oh, all the instruments agree, the day of his death was a dark cold day. Far from his illness, the wolves ran on through the evergreen forests. The peasant river was untempted by the fashionable keys. By morning tongues, the death of the poet was kept from his poems. But for him, it was his last afternoon as himself, an afternoon of nurses and rumors the provinces of his body revolted, the squares of his mind were empty, silence invaded the suburbs, the current of his feeling failed. He became his admirers. Now he is scattered among a hundred cities and wholly given over to unfamiliar affections to find his happiness in another kind of wood and be punished under a foreign code of conscience. The words of a dead man are modified in the guts of the living. But in the importance and noise of tomorrow, when the brokers are roaring like beasts on the floor of the bourse, and the poor have the sufferings to which they are fairly accustomed, and each in the cell of himself is almost convinced of his freedom, a few thousand will think of this day as one thinks of a day when one did something slightly unusual. Though all the instruments agree, the day of his death was a dark, cold day. Crossing the Bar, Alfred Lord Tennyson. Sunset and evening star in one clear call for me. And may there be no moaning of the bar when I put out to sea. But such a tide as moving seems asleep, too full for sound and foam, when that which drew from out the boundless deep turns again home. Twilight and evening bell, and after that the dark. And may there be no sadness of farewell when I embark. 
For though from out our bourne of time and place the flood may bear me far, I hope to see my pilot face to face when I have crossed the bar. That is you to them, that is how they Not everyone knows what he shall sing at the end, watching the pier as the ship sails away, or what it will seem like when he's held by the sea's roar motionless there at the end, or what he shall hope for once it is clear that he'll never go back. When the time is past to prune the rose or caress the cat, when the sun set torching the lawn and the full moon icing it down, no longer appear. Not everyone knows what he'll discover instead. When the weight of the past leans against nothing and the sky is no more than remembered light and the stories of Cirrus and Cumulus come to a close and all the birds are suspended in flight, not everyone knows what is waiting for him or what he shall sing when the ship he is on slips into darkness there at the end. Strains of the White Ship, 
by the band H.P. Lovecraft, we bring to a close this episode of The Pojo Show. Our last poem was Mark Strand, another former poet laureate, in 1990, reading The End. Before that, we played Crossing the Bar by Alfred Lord Tennyson, who, by the way, was also a poet laureate, in this case of England, from 1850 to 1892, the longest term anyone has ever held the position. The poem is short, four stanzas in A-B-A-B rhyme, and staggered long and short lines that some interpret as representing the waves used in the extended metaphor of crossing the sandbar to the open sea. And I find this convincing, since in The Charge of the Light Brigade, he uses dactylic meter, the boom-ba-ba, 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 to give the feeling of clopping horse hooves. Before that, we played W.H. Auden in a live reading of the first section of his In Memory of W.B. Yeats. Obviously, the poem is an elegy, but it's not full of flattery. In fact, it's a bit dismissive when he says the day was nothing special, just slightly unusual. And when he writes, The words of a dead man are modified in the guts of the living. He is very much catching the spirit of our times. And we started that set with John Keats, When I Have Fears That I May Cease to Be. Our next episode will go up in two weeks on Friday, August 7th, since we'll be traveling next weekend. And that will be our last episode in this series on the pandemic. For that show, we'll present poems on fortitude and renewal on people getting through tough times and surviving and maybe laughing at adversity. We'll include works by Dylan Thomas, Charles Bukowski, Maya Angelou, Walt Whitman, to name a few. After that, we will keep going with The Pojo Show pretty much as long as people keep listening. We'll be doing a show called Beyond and Back, Punk Poetry, featuring Exine Cervenka. And we have a few other ideas, but we also want to hear from you. We've been collecting poetry records, tapes, and CDs for about 30 years and have a lot to play. But we'd also like to play recordings that listeners send in to us of live readings, home recordings, words set to sounds or music, whatever you've got. So please, if you enjoyed the show, give us a thumbs up and a comment on Podbean or YouTube or our site, which is jedediasmith.net. If you didn't enjoy the show, there are many fine makeup tutorials and cat videos on YouTube that will probably work better for you. So until next week, stay safe, cats and kittens. And speak freely. It, what was that? It was... <laughs> what did she do? <laughs> She's your co-host. <laughs>